I want to begin by just reading for you Psalm 38 this morning. This is a Psalm of David to go along with the memorial offering. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and uh, meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man. I do not hear, like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth are no rebukes. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is for you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I said, only let them not rejoice over me who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity, I am sorry for my sin. But my foes are vigorous, they are mighty and many, and those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. As you read through this, it is the cry of a man who um, is really struggling. And he realizes that his struggling is because of his sin. Right? He starts off and says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. It's not that I don't expect to be disciplined, and it's not that I don't expect to be uh, rebuked, but Lord, don't, don't do it in your wrath. Have you ever had a situation where you wronged somebody else and you didn't really want to talk about it with them? Never? Me too. I I don't even know why I'm up here. (laughs) It seems to me like every time when I do something wrong to somebody else, I know I did it, they know I did it, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to admit it. And what I find is that when I don't admit it and when I don't want to talk about it, it doesn't help anything. It does not improve the relationship to pretend it didn't happen. And what David recognizes here in this psalm is he's he's going, Lord, it's not that I haven't done anything. I know that I have. And he comes and he he just starts off by going, okay, don't rebuke me in your wrath. Kids, have you ever gone to your parents and said, don't be mad? 
Parents, when you hear a kid come to you and say, don't be mad, what does that make you do? You just go, oh, what happened? I can remember doing this, going up to my parents and going, okay, don't be mad, but I broke. There are too many things to list. (laughs) Don't be mad, but I broke that plate. Don't be mad, but I broke that glass. Don't be mad, but I broke that ornament. Don't be mad, but I broke... It seemed to me I was always breaking something. And what I wanted them to know is I was sorry for what I had done and I recognized that I had done it and I knew that they needed to know that I had done it. But please, please, when I get whatever it is that I deserve here, don't do it just because you're mad. Okay, so that's how David starts off his psalm. He comes to, to the Lord and he says, Oh Lord, I know what I did, but please... When you punish me, when you discipline me, don't do it in your anger. Don't do it in your wrath. Just do it because I deserve it and I need it. But don't overwhelm me just because you're angry. He recognizes, though, this, that God hates sin. God hates sin. I, I think that we don't recognize that enough. That God hates sin. Listen to how he continues on. Oh Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh Because of your indignation, there is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Oh Lord, you have come down hard on me and I know it because I have deserved it. There is no soundness, verse 3, there is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. Because God is indignant. He hates, cannot stand, is frustrated by our sin. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. Because of my sin. Fundamentally, Every sickness has its root in sin. I'm not saying that every time you get sick, there is a specific sin that is the cause or the reason for which you are sick in that moment. I'm not saying there's a one-to-one correlation for every sin and every sickness. But fundamentally, at its root, because there is sin in the world, there is sickness and brokenness in the world. We were not intended to be sick. We were not intended to be broken or have afflictions. That was not how God designed it from the beginning. But because of sin, this is how life works now. And now, because of sin, there are these times when we just can't take it anymore. Or times when we just don't really feel good. You know when you're sick and you just feel like, oh, make it stop. When you, when you just, you can't keep anything in your stomach and your whole body just 
is cold and hot and you just can't stand anything. You can't sleep because you're uncomfortable. You can't be awake because it's miserable. And you're just in this place of sickness that you're just going, oh, and you know what I think? I think that very often when we are in that place, we think, God, why would you do this to me? Why would you let this happen? I thought you loved me. Somehow I think that today, when we get sick, we think that some injustice has been done to us. Certainly there ought to be a medication for this. Certainly it is 2018. Nobody should have to be sick anymore. But when David gets sick, he's going, you know what this is? I recognize this. This is because of my sin. This is because of my sin. I think that very rarely do I ever get sick and go, you know, I bet this is because of my sin. I just go, I am miserable. And I tell everybody who's close enough to hear it, usually my wife, how miserable I am. Because I'm sick. And I don't like being sick. But David recognizes in his sickness that at its fundamental root, it is because of his sin. He, he uses his sickness as an opportunity to evaluate his life and reflect and say, is there sin in me? Could this be the cause? Could some sin in me be the cause of this sickness right now? For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. Look at how he, he ties it directly. My wounds, and, my wounds stink and fester because he is foolish. Because he, he acted in an unwise way. He did silly and ridiculous things that resulted in sin. And now, verse 6, I am utterly bowed down and prostrate all the day I go about mourning. Now, as I was reading this and I, I was reading the, these verses and just sort of picturing this and going, yeah, that's, that's what sickness is like. I mean, I think, I think all of us have been in this position of being bowed down and prostrate because of being sick. Where you're just, you're just like, bent over a bowl or a toilet or, or something because you are sick. And I have never thought of that before as a position of worship. And yet the way that he talks about it here, I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. It is this position of humility and honor. Other places in the Bible, it talks about these people that are, are before the Lord. Even uh, Exodus 34, the verse that we started with the, at the beginning of the service. The Lord God comes through and He proclaims, I am the Lord. Literally, I am, I am God. And he begins to describe who he is and his character and his loving steadfastness and his judgment and his faithfulness. And in verse 8 of Exodus 34, Moses bows down before him and is prostrate before him. 
And the picture there is of honor and worship and recognizing how great and awesome God is. And here we see uh, David giving us that same picture, that same position, because his sickness is forcing him into this position of humility. With Moses, it was a picture of how great God was that he just recognized it and went, I have to bow. And here now, David, because of his sickness, is forced to bow before the Lord. Because his sickness is forcing him into this place. And I think that as we find ourselves in places of weakness, it is a time for us to find ourselves humble before the Lord. And we say, Lord, I I can't do this on my own. I thought I was strong. But Lord, I can't. Lord, is there sin in me that is causing this? Is this your discipline on me because of my sin that I have not yet confessed? That I have not acknowledged before you? Lord, is this, is this where that's coming from? Our sickness, our weakness gives us an opportunity to reflect and say, is there sin in me? I don't often maybe ever think of that. When I'm sick, I just think about how miserable I am. And yet David says, no, this is an opportunity for me to recognize the weakness of my flesh and to reflect on if there is sin in my life. And so I just want to encourage us to, to do that, to, to take the time and, and do that and say, Lord, is there sickness in me? Spiritual sickness, emotional sickness that is maybe presenting itself in a physical way. Verse 7, for my sides are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. Sometimes it is um, a, a sickness that takes us from the outside that causes us to be in this position that then we reflect on the things that we have done or are doing or where our life is at. Sometimes it's the turmoil within us that gives us these physical symptoms. For my sides are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. Have you ever had that happen where you, you are just, you've gotten crosswise with someone, you know it's your fault, you said things, you did things that you wish that you hadn't done, you don't want to talk with them about it though, you just want to pretend that it wouldn't happen, but it's just eating you up inside? There's this tumult of your heart because you know, just things are not right between me and them. And it's my fault, I did that. I find myself in this position sometimes where, where I'm, I'm stuck because I really, really, it's going to be painful if I go and talk with them about it. And I don't know how they're going to respond. I don't know if they're going to respond graciously to me or not. And to confess about the things that I have done and the things that I have said, I just, I just don't want to do that. But at the same time, it's just eating me up inside. And so this, it can be this slow pain or this really intense immediate pain. And I just find myself going, oh. 
I'm feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. But, O Lord, all my longing, verse 9, all my longing is before you. My sign is not hidden from you. The Lord already knows. I mean, when, when, it's, when it's this other person, sometimes I can rationalize to myself, maybe they don't even know. Maybe it's just all me, right? I know that I did it, but they don't even, maybe they don't even know that I was angry when I said that. Maybe they think I was joking or something, and we're fine. The Lord knows. When my sin is against the Lord, when my, my sin is in front of the Lord, He knows. He's not confused. He's not wondering, I wonder if they said that in humility. I wonder if they said that in reverential awe of me. He's not confused about that. The Lord knows where we're at. The Lord knows the motivations of our heart. He knows our actions. Whether directed toward Him or directed toward someone else, the Lord knows whether we are honoring Him in every aspect of our lives or not. And when we are not, He hates it. Because He didn't design us to be that way. He designed us to be a holy people. He claimed us as His people so that we might proclaim to the world how great and awesome He is. So that we might demonstrate as people made in His image how wonderful He is. And when we are not demonstrating that, He's going, that's not who I am. You're proclaiming that? I didn't design you for that. I didn't intend you for that. I am feeble. I am crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. Oh Lord, all my longing is before you. My sign is not hidden from you. My heart throbs and my strength fails me. And the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague and my nearest kin stand far off. Don't we find that both when we are in sin and when we are sick that other people just seem to not be present? As long as we are cheerful and happy and things are going well, we've got lots of friends. Yeah, everybody wants to be right there with us. Hang out with us. We're going to have a great time. We're going to all have a party. But then when we're sick or when there's sin there, well, everybody seems to be gone all of a sudden. Where did they go? Sometimes they disappear because they don't want to be a part of that. Sometimes they disappear because we're no fun anymore. Sometimes they're there and they want to help. They just don't know how. And so it seems as though no one understands. Nobody cares. Whatever the case may be, we feel very alone. Whether in our sin or in our sickness, it just feels like it's just me suffering here by myself. And that's what David is, is putting before the Lord. He says, it, it's just like my friends and my companions stand aloof from my plague. 
and even my nearest kin stand far off from me. I'm in a place where I'm just all by myself and alone. Those who seek after my, those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. Those people who were out against me from the start, I slipped up in my sin and they recognized it and they just want to point it out and gloat over me and rub my nose in it. And meditate treachery all day long. But I'm like a deaf man. I I do not hear. Like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth are no rebukes. Even when my enemies, the people who are against me, they saw me slip up. They saw me do this, this thing that I shouldn't have done. I recognize it. They recognize it. They're rubbing my nose in it. And what am I going to say? Nothing. I can't say anything. I have no defense. This is my fault. This is my doing. And even when they now stand to gloat over me, what am I going to say? I can make no defense. Verse 15. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. What an incredible statement. Because in verse 1, he's going, now God, don't be mad. Don't rebuke me in your anger. This time, confessing about the state of his soul and the state of his physical being before the Lord. And then he says in verse 15, and now, O Lord, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. You're the one who needs to know. You are my God. Even in my sin and my sickness, even when I am feeling your discipline and your rebuke against me, even then, you are my God and you are my only hope. He's in a position of brokenness and humility and he goes, look, your discipline has had its effect in me. And now I'm going to wait for your grace. I know you well enough to know that you won't rebuke me in your anger. I know you well enough to know that when I come and I confess my sin before you and tell you of my plight and where I'm at, even though it is of my own doing, you will listen and graciously respond to me. When I would go to my mom and I would say, don't be mad, but I broke and whatever it happened to be that time, I would see her go, and I knew that's my mom. That's my mom who loves me more than the thing that I broke. 
and she's frustrated and she's mad that I broke it. But she's going to respond with grace. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I said, only let them not rejoice over me who boast against me when my foot slips. For I'm ready to fall and my pain is ever before me. God, those people are gloating over me because my foot has slipped and I'm about to fall. And before I completely fall and humiliate myself and humiliate you and they completely win... Lord, would you respond? I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. When we find ourselves in a a place of, of angst because of our sin, when we find ourselves in a place of sickness, it is a time to reflect on what's going on in our lives. And then having reflected and identified sin in our lives, whether we think that that is directly correlated with the the sickness that we have or not, we just have identified sin in our lives and we say, God, we confess this to you. We confess this to you and we are sorry for our sin. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin, but my foes are vigorous. They are mighty. And many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me because I follow after good. Lord, even even when I'm doing what I should be doing, they are against me. They are always against me. So do not forsake me, O Lord. Verse 21. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. This is one of those really challenging psalms for me. It's a really challenging psalm because I find that I don't spend enough time reflecting on my sin. I want to diminish my sin and pretend that it's not there. And that probably... I'm doing just fine on my own before God. But this kind of a psalm makes me to stop and and say, I understand the Lord's salvation, but I do not want to presume upon His grace. I do not want to walk in sin expecting that He will save me. I want to walk in righteousness and when I sin, cry out, for His salvation, and be grateful that He is the kind of God who will not forsake me. Verse 21, Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. O Lord, You are my salvation. You are the one who will save me. So when we find ourselves in a moment of weakness or a a, a place of pain, it is an opportunity to reflect and say, is there any sin in me? And confess that sin before the Lord and then wait upon His salvation knowing that it will come. Because God is gracious. And when He disciplines and when He rebukes, 
It is for our salvation. It is so that we will turn to Him and be saved from our sin. In James chapter 5, he continues, uh, James encourages the church to do the same thing. Is anyone among you suffering, he says? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I want for us to take a little time this morning to reflect. And so we're going to have just a couple of minutes of silence before the worship team comes up to lead us in song again. And during this time, I want you to reflect. I want you to ask God, would you reveal any sin that is within me? And identify those things that need to be confessed. And maybe it's something that you need to confess to the Lord this morning. Maybe it's something that you need to confess to uh, someone else after the service. Maybe it's something that you need to confess to a friend or a family member uh, later today. But I want to take a few moments to spend time reflecting so that when we begin to praise and rejoice in God our salvation, we can do it with a clear conscience, having been forgiven of the sin that we have confessed to Him because He is faithful to forgive us of our our sin. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we do pray right now and acknowledge that You are our God the one who has created us for good in your image. And Lord, when we sin and we mar that image, we pray, would you forgive us? And so, Lord, we anticipate your forgiveness, knowing that you have already sent your Son to cover our sin. And so, Lord, I ask now, By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us, would you bring to mind the sin that we need to confess to you or to others? And we ask for this in Jesus' name. 